Um, Mary Holmes is in. Hello there. Hello, Jesse. And Mary, like a lot of you were inter- was listening earlier on when we were talking about George Wilder, thank you for all the leads and tips and clues that have been coming <laughs> in as to the possible location uh, of George Wilder. And you've got another one, Mary. Yeah, yes. Uh, as I was leaving my house, I heard you talking about it. So I mm. grabbed a book off my bookcase called Wild Journeys by Bruce Ansley, who wrote for the listener for years and years. And the first chapter of this book is called Chasing George, and it's about trying to track him down. And he did did find him. This is a couple of years ago. He was in a small, near a small town on the boundary between Hawke's Bay and Wairarapa. Um, So he's down that way, and Bruce tried to get in touch with him and wrote him a letter, but George, it was returned unopened, he said. But um, I was just looking. Wild Journeys, um, if you Google that book, you can read part of the first chapter online. Um, and so you can read part of Bruce's chapter about George online. Um, and he's got all the details about all the funny things he did. I mean, I can remember. He was such a character. Um, and then if you like that part of the book, you can buy the rest of the book. Yeah, which great. Would be cool. I've got yeah. a feeling that book might have been serialised on RNZ. Yes, it might. Maybe. Yes, yeah. it could have. Uh, Good one. That's Wild Journeys by Bruce Ansley, and I'll pass it on to William Ray, who's uh, on the case as well for the Black Sheep podcast. 14 past three, and you're here to talk money with a pretty good topic, because loads of people who've got um, reasonably sizable deposits to retire on might be looking at their interest returns over the last few years and thinking, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, look, not only them. um, Quite often it's people saving for a first home, who are saving for anything really, and they're sticking it in bank term deposits. And and the I was just looking at the interest. I was getting on on a bank savings account today. Just glanced at it, and I thought this is pathetic. Mm. There was quite a lot of money in there, and the interest was was four dollars for a long period or something. <laughs> Why bother? You know? mm. But um, before we get into that, though, there was just a little, a couple of little follow ups oh, from yeah. from last time yes. when we were talking about the winners of copies of my my new book um and and we and there was one guy who, who one of the winners a chap called John who whose entry had to be 12 words or fewer we were told we should say to, um he said I sold zero shares when they were seven dollars fifty now a hundred and thirty dollars and we so thought that so. was quite funny and yeah. quite sad and then he emailed me and after that and said there was some good news about zero shares I did buy them at around three dollars so he bought them at three and sold them at 750 so that's not at all bad but I just couldn't buy back in believing they would never reach 20 so once they he you know they got above seven dollars fifty but he just thought there's no way they can ever reach 20 mm-hmm. and they got to 130 and that's the kind of thing that can happen um, happen in the share market he says I now only sell half of any shareholding if they double oh that's so, classic Mary home advice that one well yes it's not a bad it's not bad if, if I mean look there are all these rules that people have with share trading and and that's you know one of the sort of typical rules that if the, if the share price doubles I'll sell half of what I've got I quite like that I mean it, it certainly there's no none of these rules ever guarantee that you're going to do particularly well, mm. but that one's it's quite a way good. Of hedging your bets, it absolutely is. Yes, yes. and, and so, at least making sure you get to cash in on some of your gains, yes, no matter what happens in the future. That's right. Mm. That's right. Um, and on the other hand, you've still got some in there, and because it could go on up. And, and and someone else texted into you while that that show was on that said, "Mary, I bought zero at a dollar twenty-five. My broker's firm advised uh, my broker's." 
firm advice was to sell at $1.50. So he bought it at $1.25 and sold it at $1.50. Yeah. And then, you know, they went on up, of course. Um, but on the other hand, that's still a pretty good profit if it's over a short period. Mm. Going from $1.25 to $1.50 is... What would that it's be? not as good as going from a dollar twenty-five to one hundred and thirty, though. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. It's just. It, uh, look, it's a game, and and we have talked about that before, and we probably will again. This suddenly, this new popularity of getting into shares and kind of playing with them, and if you're doing it as a game with a fairly small amount of money, go for it. Is what I say. Right. But but not with all your retirement savings or or your or your house deposit. Um, because things really can go horribly wrong. Mm. Yeah. But today we were, I thought we might talk about this alternative to bank term deposits because there are a lot of different people out there. I get it's the most common letter I get to my Herald column these days is, I want to do better than bank term deposits. And, and in fact, I've got someone coming up this in my column this weekend who is thinking about jumping from them to something that's really quite high risk. Mm. And that's not a good idea. The thing is, if you're in bank term deposits, it suggests that either you're planning to spend the money quite soon or you are very risk averse. And um, in either case, you might be therefore willing to go into something that's a little bit riskier for a little bit higher return. So that's what I was wanting to look at. Um, Bank term deposits, I reckon... They're so popular because they're simple, we understand them, and they're relatively safe, you know, unless a bank gets into trouble, which we might talk about a bit more in a minute. Um, But their interest rates are just pathetic now. (laughs) And for a while there I was saying to you, look, at least they're ahead of inflation. At least people aren't going backwards, Mm. but that's not true anymore. Um, Do banks not want our money, Mary? Uh, Look, I would just say banks are getting enough of it anyway. They seem to get enough, um, or they would be paying a little bit more, I suppose. Mm. Yes, and and so a lot of us are just sitting there with some money in the bank. Um, So the alternative... I'm going to politely ask you not to click your pen when you're talking. It's okay. You're usually so good. Clicking through, and it's just a... A fidget, yeah, yes. I'll put mine down as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, the alternative is to get into um, a managed fund in or out of KiwiSaver. Generally speaking, it would probably be outside KiwiSaver mm-hmm. because you're then tying the money up until you turn 65. But if you're over 65, it can be in KiwiSaver because you can take that money out whenever you want to. But um, there's defensive, are the lowest risk funds. That's how they're defined by the sorted website on both the KiwiSaver Fund Finder and on their Smart Investor tool, which are the two tools on sorted that I recommend people use here. Um, and defensive funds uh, have got under 10% of what are called growth assets, which are shares or mm-hmm. property. Some of them have got none. I just did it again with the pen. <laughs> I'm going to put it right over there. Some of them have got no um, no growth assets at all, but some of them have got a, a, just a little few, under 10%. Conservative are 10 to about 35% um, of the growth assets, but most of their investments are in um, actually bank term deposits, mm-hmm. just like the ones we're shunning <laughs> yeah. here. Um, but... The big institutions can probably get a big better deal on a bank term mm-hmm. deposit than we can, or they're in low risk bonds, which are a little bit riskier, but 
have got a little bit of a higher return. So what we're talking here is going up one level so you're getting a bit more risk and a bit higher return. Um, they're run by banks and other KiwiSaver providers, they're just, just all the fund manager people out there. Um, and the best place to get the information about them, I think, is to go to Smart Investor, which is, as I say, on the sorted website. And what you need to do, it's not, it's not that friendly when you go into Smart Investor. You need to click Compare, which is up the top mm-hmm. of the website, and then click KiwiSaver and Managed Funds, and then you've got to click either Managed Funds or KiwiSaver to get to the information you want. Huh. Um, and I'm suggesting people, then you can you can rank the funds by all sorts of ways. The default is by how risky the assets are, but I suggest you rank it by fees, lowest fees first, because as I've often said before, the low fees are just as good a deal as the higher fees. And if you're wanting the very low risk ones, look for the word cash in the title. A lot of them are called the... XYZ cash fund, you know, it might be a bank name. They probably all got cash funds, I think, and a lot of the other KiwiSaver providers have got cash funds. And they are the lowest the lowest risk of these funds. Um, if you're willing to go for a bit more risk in order to get a higher average return, you, you'll probably find the fund will have the word bonds or income or mm-hmm. fixed interest in its name. So those are the sort of signs that those are the funds you're after. The one key point here is that the balance, your balance will sometimes go down a bit, especially if you're in the defensive funds, probably never or only very mm. marginally. In, in the next level up, the conservative funds, the balance might go down a little bit sometimes, but overall it will grow over you know years or mm. even over a single year. Almost certainly it'll grow more than in a bank term deposit. So... Um, what sort of interest return are we talking about the, here? Look, they're uh, no guarantees. ones and twos, I think, is the sort of, you know, maybe mm. some of them. We, the, the thing about these funds is they don't give you a return in the future, whereas a bank term deposit will. It'll say, you tie your money up for two years and we're going to give you mm. one point something percent. Yeah. Whereas these ones are... They're funds that hold a whole lot of different investments and they could tell you what the returns were in the past, in the last year and in the last five years. They can't, You there's no guarantee that will continue. And they so, don't pay you at the end of the year, just their value grows. And, that's right. And, yeah. Yes. So yeah. you'll need to do a bit more active sort of management yourself, well, right? If you're a retired couple with, a, say, $500,000 cash, wouldn't that be good? And you were getting 2% oh. a year, you'd be getting a return of... $10,000. Yes, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, but you'd have to actually sell $10,000 worth to actualise it. No the, no, the return will come just into the fund, just like it does in KiwiSaver. Your balance will grow by because they've got right. investments that are bringing in interest. Yeah. And so it's just like KiwiSaver. They don't automatically in, reinvest it in units of the fund? Yes, they do. So, yes, yeah. they do. So you'd have to sell those yeah. units to get That's the money. That's right. Yeah. To, to, sorry, yes, you're yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, but you you watch your balance grow. Mm. And then with these funds, you can get the money out whenever you want. Typically, it might take a couple of days to mm. get it out, so it's not instant. But it's not like a bank term deposit. That's another advantage. If you suddenly find you need the money, you can get it out pretty much straight away. Which is which is useful. If you're a student yeah. of Mary, as I am, um, you'll also know that you don't 
you know, if, if you're post retirement and you're getting a bit of a return on your um, on your lump sum of money, you could take some out of the lump sum as well. Absolutely. You're not trying it's, to die with five hundred thousand no, dollars. No, in on fact, the bank. that's you know, I absolutely advocate people in retirement getting some money out and enjoying it. Yes. Divide yeah, it by but, twenty, eh, Mary? Yeah, take out a twentieth every year. If you've got twenty years that you want to fund, do that. Mm. If you've got fifteen, ten, do it that way. Um, just quickly going into the pluses and minuses of these funds compared to bank term deposits, one of the advantages is you can get the money out pretty much whenever you want, although it might take a few days. Another is that these funds are all PIEs, portfolio investment entities, which means the tax is a little bit lower for for many people in there. The tax they'll find their tax is a bit lower. Um, in some ways they're safer than a bank term deposit, which is interesting. Because with if you've got a bank term deposit, you've got your money in just one bank, and if their bank does get into trouble, and, and I have to say, you know, no one's, at the moment, the Reserve Bank's saying, no, look, the banks are all pretty solid. I, you know, it doesn't look like that's a likely thing to happen. Mm. But if it did happen, you get this open bank resolution thing stepping in, which mm. we've talked about before, and it's... And the dreaded haircut. The haircuts might happen, yes, for over a minimum amount. Now, in these in these managed funds I'm talking about, the they in turn have got investments in different bank products. So some of their investments could get, be subject to a haircut, mm. but they've typically got their money in quite a few different banks and non-banks and bonds and uh, corporate bonds and that sort of thing. And so it'll be a haircut only on a little bit of it as opposed to the whole lot if your money's in, in one bank. And don't think, by the way, that a bank cash fund or conservative fund is all invested in that bank. For example, I haven't looked at these particular, but let's say ANZ had a cash fund. Probably it'll have investments in some of the other banks' deposits mm. as well as its own. They sort of spread their money out over a lot of different yeah. banks. And so so you're actually getting more diversification in there. I mean, on the other hand, there are fees. Um, that no you fees for a term deposit in your That's home right. bank is there. That's right. Although... Um, no fees, but you do have to pay tax on the interest you get on a bank term deposit, whereas in these funds they'll typically quote you a return that's after fees and after tax. Mm. So bear that in mind when you're comparing the yeah, two, okay. that you know you might get 1.5% in a bank term deposit and you might be looking at these funds and they're only giving you 1 and 3 quarters percent, mm. but if that's after tax that's considerably more than yeah. what's happening in, in the bank term deposit. Um, so, y- yes, it, it's the provider could possibly default, you know, as, just as I've said, a bank could possibly get into trouble and you get the haircut. It is possible for a provider of one of these funds to default, but the FMA is regulating it and you've got supervisors and the money that you're putting in isn't actually sitting there with the provider. It, the the supervisor's making sure the money is actually invested elsewhere. Mm. So the chances of you losing money through one of these, not because the balance has gone down because of market forces, but actually losing money because things have gone wrong with their management, yeah. is very, very low. Yeah. They're, uh, pretty, uh, they're pretty safe. If you invest in a, a, say a cash fund through, let's say it's an AMP KiwiSaver account, yes. and AMP falls over, actually your yes. cash isn't with AMP. That's right. It's in wherever they've invested it. That's exactly right. So everything, right. Yes. the whole system would need to fall over. Yes. Yeah. Look, it's, 
it's awfully unlikely. These are like KiwiSaver funds. In fact, as I say, some of them are KiwiSaver funds. So if you're if you've got money in bank term deposits and you're either over 65 or nearly 65 or you actually don't really need that money until you retire, then put it in a KiwiSaver fund because they their fees tend to be just a wee bit lower than another similar fund run mm-hmm. by the same provider and they're probably being watched a bit closer bit more closely by the government. Okay. Um, on the other hand, if you need the money for a house to deposit or something like that, go for a non-KiwiSaver one and then you can get it out when you need it. If it was your first time, you'd be able to get it out anyway, wouldn't you? Uh, good point. If Yes, that's right. If it was your first time, you'd be able to get it out. Can we say you're quite right? Yeah, good point. But if all you were... You can get it all yeah, out, can't you? All but $1,000, yeah. actually, yes. Yeah, no, that that's a really good point, yes. So why not put it in KiwiSaver if, if you're going to use it for the first time? But people are sometimes saving up for a second home, mm. a rental property, a car, a big trip, you know... We, Big trips will come back again one day. Yeah. Uh, um, then you want to do it outside KiwiSaver, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Is that the end yes, of your excellent say. notes? Thank you yes. very much. Um, Mary has been talking about low-risk funds, a good alternative to bank term deposits, how you should choose one, what you should consider, and the pluses and minuses of each great decision. Can I just want to say one more yes. thing quickly? On that um, Smart Investor website, there's a lot of information. If you click on the fund's name, there's a heck of a lot of information about what's in the fund and who's running it, etc. So just explore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do your diligence.